Good morning, everyone. I want to do something a little different today. Today's Shushan Purim. And the name of this year, I, want, I would like to give, uh, speak about Megillah Esther. And we're going to call this year, Ten Imponderables on Megillah Esther to think about until next year. I'm going to ask you ten questions on the Megillah. New questions, basically. There might be one or two that you heard before. I'm going to ask you ten questions. And no answers. If I have an answer, I'll tell you a thought. But just ten questions on the Megillah. And then you have what to think about until next year. Okay. This question hit me while I was reading the Megillah. And I think this is Mamish Pele. What happened to... This is a uh, this is an eleventh question. Because... I mean, we'll put it on the list. We'll call it ten questions, but it will be eleven or twelve. But I can't name it... The 11 Apondrables, it doesn't sound like a good share title. Question number one, anybody know what ever happened to Vashti? Anybody have any idea? Where is she? Where did she go? Oh, he killed her. Really? Where does it say that? Doesn't say that. What? Doesn't say that. Doesn't say. It just says, What do you mean? Okay, instead of that. So what? Vashti was there? She was at the party? He was geyser on her that she's not the she's not the queen. Maybe he's saying geyser on her. What's a gzera? Gzera is you know gzera is the geyser yamsuf lekzarim kiliyolam chastai. Okay, maybe that's a, that's where it says that he killed her. So I'm not sure I'm going to count that as a question. I'm just wondering. When I was in Cincinnati, I went to Hebrew Hebrew Union uh, College which is a reform institution, but I didn't go into the sanctuary, of course. They went to the library. It's the biggest repository of Jewish manuscripts this side of the world. And they showed me all their Megillus Esters on microfilm. And most of the old Megillus are illustrated Megillus. And by Vashti, there's a picture of Vashti. You have one guy with, with a towel around her neck. One guy is pulling on one side. One guy is pulling on the other. And... From these ancient Megillus, it looks like they gave her chenek. I always thought they that she was hanged. But uh, it's interesting. It doesn't say in the Gemara what happened to Vashti. All we know in the Gemara is that Vashti grew a tail. Maybe they put her in the zoo. I don't know. You know? Okay, but that's not uh, that's not part of the share necessarily. Here's my question. My question is... V'yes malchusa yitain ha-melech lirusa ha-toiva mimena. Memuchan said, and her malchus give lirusa. Anybody know what the word lirusa means? Anybody, anybody know? Anybody here speak Lashem Kodesh? To her friend. Reos. You know, and whenever it says reos in the Torah, we darshan. Real reos, like v'yahavta l'reacha kamoicha, which we darshan, you love, you're supposed to love another Jew, but not another Gentile. Or, even in Parshas Shemais, it says, v'shala ish me'ish re'eyo v'isha me'ish re'usa. Rabbeinu B'chai asks, what do you mean, v'shala ish me'ish re'eyo? We're not re'im with Mitzrayim. And you know what Rabbeinu B'chai says? After the Torah was given, Reus is only for Jews. But before the Torah was given, all of mankind were Reim. So then can I ask you one simple question? The last people in the world who will be Reim will be Vashti and the new queen. 
I first of all, the new queen is Esther. So Esther's Jewish, Vashti's not. They can't be Rehim. And of course they can't be Rehim. Vashti is going to be deposed, probably dead. And the new queen and Vashti are the last thing in the world. They're going to be Arayim. So why in the world is Mamuchan saying, with friends like that, right? Who needs enemies? What, what, that, the last word we should use is Rayim. Fine. Next. No, um, oh yeah? Most, the Gemara says he was Haman. Maybe some say he was Mordechai. But even so, what's the Reyos over here? Is there Reyos? You want to know who is Memuchan? There's always Gogo, but I'm not, that doesn't answer the question. What's the, uh, I don't hear everyone. I hear someone trying to talk, but I don't hear them. Um, Oh, so the what? Haman's wife was at odds with Vashti. Right. And that's why Mubuchan made the made the uh, made the suggestion. Right. Reusa maybe means a reva of Ze- of of Zeresh. Umachusa yitena melech lirusa means to the friend of my wife. Right. Okay. Interesting. Some say Reb Chaim Kinevsky brings. Some say the Pirkei of Lezer says Memuchan was Daniel. So Mordechai is not a possibility. Nobody says it was Mordechai. It was either Haman according to the Gemara Megillah or Daniel. That's question number one. Question number two. So this Memuchan guy establishes the following rule. Fine. He makes the rule. That the man has to be in charge in the house. Now, why in the world is the Megillah telling me about this rule that Mamuchan made that the man wears the pants in the house? Who cares? So Chassam Soifer says this is actually part of the miracle. Why? Because later on when they knock on Mordechai's door, they, they say, Hey, where's Esther? Mordechai should say, Esther? Who? Why would, why would a woman listen to her husband? I don't know where she is. She's shopping on, uh, on the avenue. But now that the law was that the woman has to listen to the husband, Mordechai couldn't use it as an excuse. He doesn't know where the where Esther is. She doesn't listen to him because the law is you have to listen to your husband. So the law passed by Memuchan is a key component of the Purim story. But my question is, that now the woman has to speak his language? Why is that part of the story? I mean, who cares? Isn't that irrelevant? Is that an important part of the Purim story? That Mamuchan passed the law that a woman has to speak the language of her husband. Who cares? That's so, I mean, it's like a random uh, law in Persia. (laughs) Whether that was the law or not, that's fine, but why is it included in the Megillah? Alright, so I just had the following idea, actually. That if the law is the woman has to listen to her husband, then what language should Esther have been speaking? Lashon Kodesh, because she married to Mordechai. They knew, presumably, they knew she was married to Mordechai, didn't they? I mean, Mordechai took her as a, a wife, so he didn't register. So then if she spoke Hebrew, then why did it ever dawn on Achashverosh 
that she's Jewish. Think about what a miracle it was. That's part of the miracle. Even though the law in Persia was, the woman has to speak the language of the husband. And then Esther has to speak Hebrew. So then everybody should have known Esther's Jewish. They still didn't realize. That's like part of the, part of the miracle. They didn't even realize. The Gemara, the Gemara says Labas, Labayas, that he married her. The, okay. So he did a kedushin to her, and then he never consummated. No, the Gemara says that she went So the Gemara says explicitly, not only did he consummate it, he continued to live with her after living with Achashverosh. And that's my third question. Because Achashverosh was looking for and then, at the contest, who won the... But she wasn't a basula. So... Well, she wasn't a basula. Mordechai lived with her, the Gemara says. A lot of people have asked me that question over the years. Most recently, the Herman Mishpacha of Yushalayim. But that, this is, that's a well-known question. She clearly was not a Basula. So, but by the way, the Gemara says that Esther, if you wanted to be Toyem Tam Basula, you could be Toyem Tam Basula. Yeah, that's what you want to say, Nelson, that... Yeah? Does somebody say that explicitly? Somebody must say that, right? That... The Gemara says, that if you wanna, if he wanted to be toyem tam he could. And by the way, Rashi says in Paragvayes, even though, in other words, the official policy was he's only gathering besulais, but the bottom line was he wasn't so makbid on that halacha. Okay. Um, next question. Perak Bey's Pasik Tesvav. Of Hagiyat Tarester Basavichayel Doin Mardechai. So, when the turn came for Esther, the door of Echayel, the uncle of Mordechai, Asher Lokach Loy Levas, that he took as a wife. Could somebody tell me, we already know who Esther is. We all know Esther is the daughter of Abichayel. We all know Abichayel is the uncle of Mordechai. We all know Mordechai married her. It said this already. So why does it repeat it when it came her turn? I mean, this is like extra information. Now look, between me and you, it definitely makes it more dramatic for the Balkari to have all those munachs. You know, that's geschmack. But if these are all extra words. There's no identifying information that we didn't know before. Why is it reiterating this at this point that she was taken? By the way, she's the daughter of Abichayel. By the way, Abichayel is the uncle of Mordechai. By the way, Mordechai married her. Okay, isn't that similar to why the Akedah 
Maybe. Okay. Good. Parag Dalit This is a good question. So, Mordechai over here is the plan to kill plot the plot to kill the king, and he tells Esther, and Esther tells Esther, I have a question. Esther was abducted by Achashverosh. He's, she's being violated day and night, right? The reason why Big Son and Seresh want to assassinate him is because they said this Behema Gasa, he is so thirsty. Because ever since he married Esther, he's busy with her day and night. So, why did Mordechai tell anybody that they wanted to kill him? Let them kill him! I mean, Esther's now to be in the palace. She's violating Gilead Arias 24 hours a day. So why did Mordechai want to save this guy's life? Anybody know? A lot of people ask me this question on Purim. Rabbi Nissim, Yachnes, and a young boy, Avi Friedman. A lot of people ask this question. Why? Um, you know who else asked me? Rabbi Yanki Schwartz asked me this question. Why did Achashverosh feel? Why did Mordechai want to to, to let save Achashverosh's life? For what reason? He, he didn't even know he would get credit. He didn't tell Esther. He told Esther. And Esther was very nice and he... By the way, these are not... Yeah. No, because the Gemara says... The Gemara says that he told Esther, don't say where you come from. This way Achashverosh won't want to stay with you and he'll send you back. So we see that Mordechai was doing whatever he could to to sabotage the relationship. So if that's the case, why did he feel it's necessary to save Achashverosh's life? One idea I had was that, you know, in the times of the kings, after a king would die, nobody would be allowed to use his property. They would even burn down his property and sometimes the queens would be killed because... Once, uh, a, once you belong to a king, then you're the property of the king. You can't, uh, you can't be with anybody else. So maybe Mordechai was afraid that if Achazir would die, Esther's life would be in jeopardy. I don't know. Next, Paragvav. If you have an answer, I'm giving you good material. I'm giving you a, a lot of questions. Parak, uh, excuse me, Dalid Pasuke. Parak Dalid Pasuke. So, um, Mordechai knew everything that happened. And what was Esther's reaction? How did Esther know what happened? Mordechai knew, and he ripped his clothing, and he went out into the city, and he cried out, and he wore sackcloth. And Esther had no idea except from her maidens. I mean, Esther didn't know. They, she didn't have like... She wasn't briefed by any of the 
by Achashverosh, by any of the governors. I mean, why didn't Esther know? Isn't that strange that Esther didn't know? And then the Pasuk says, so Mordechai told Hasach the whole story, and all the money Haman weighed out. How did Mordechai know all the the money that Haman paid and Esther didn't know? The reason for that is Mordechai Yada, as I'll say, either the Baal Hachaloimos told him, or the Elio Anavi told him. But then, Mordechai gave Daniel the poster that said the Jews would be killed to show Esther. Esther never saw it before. Esther needed from the outside of the palace the poster to come from Mordechai to Daniel. What, Esther never saw the document before? Isn't that strange that Mordechai should give Hasach the document to show to Esther? What, Esther didn't know this? So I think I have a good approach to this. Do you remember the shir that really what Haman asked Achashverosh, Yikasev le'abedam, I just want to enslave them with an ayin. And then Haman switched the document to le'abedam with an aleph. So Esther knew, but Esther just thought we would be slaves. So okay, halbatzara. Uh, but then she heard Mordechai is sakva efer. She didn't know we were going to be annihilated. So Mordechai, she didn't believe it. So Mordechai had to send Hasach with the document that had it with an aleph and not an ayin. That's very interesting. That's an interesting approach. Okay. Yeah. No, he said, do what you want. In other words, I heard what you want, so do what you want. But he didn't even, according to this approach, um, and the Oyev Yisrael says it, even Achashosh did not know until the end that... Um, that the Jewish people would be destroyed. Another question. Many times in Megillah Esther, the word Yehudim is spelled with two Yuds. Now, in the book, um, The Concealed and Revealed, we quote from Rav Shalim uh, Al-Kabetz, that the two of them is because is connected to the Ten Commandments they were commanded regarding Amalek on two different occasions. But upon further analysis, and this Sender Schwartz asked me, every time Kemat it says Yehudim in the Megillah, there are two Yuds. I counted at least five times the word Yehudim is spelled in the Megillah with two Yuds. Okay. Now, this question we answered on Leil Purim, but I'm going to put it on the list of questions. So, um, Esther comes into the king unannounced, and Hashem sends the Malach, and he stretches out the scepter, and he says, okay, Esther, what do you want? He said, do me a favor, come with Haman today to the party. So they come to the party, and Esther says, She'elasi, 
And Achishosh says, what do you want? And Esther says, come tomorrow to the party. And what does she ask tomorrow at the party? Uh, she says, um, why couldn't she say that at the first party? What exactly? She says, okay, come to the party later. They come to the party. He says, what do you want? And what did she say? Come tomorrow. Come tomorrow. So why couldn't she do that on the first part? Whatever she asked on day two, she should have asked on day one. So we gave two answers. One answer was the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra answer was, she was waiting for some kind of simen min shamayim that she could capitalize on, that Haman would make some kind of mistake and misstep, and she just wasn't seeing anything, so she made a game-time decision, uh, come back tomorrow, maybe there would be a simen tomorrow. And we answered as follows, we answered from Rav Levi that Esther made a very, had a very specific plan. Because after the first party, it says, Vayitzei Haman bayim ahu sameach v'toiv lev. That Haman was good-hearted. He, and Rav Levi Yitzchak says the expression toiv lev, good-hearted, implies spiritual elation and a very high madrega. What kind of madrega was Haman on? Haman was the biggest Russia in the world. Why does it say sameach v'toiv lev? So Rav Levi Yitzchak says he felt spiritually infused participating in the Suda of its Sadekas. But that was to his detriment. What Esther's plan was to give him sudas tzadikim, and the kedusha of the suda would suck out of him, would snuff out of him whatever sparks of kedusha he had. That would kill him. So, in other words, we explained that's why she made two parties. Party number one injected him with kedusha. That kedusha would then go and snuff out whatever spark of kedusha he would have in him. So this way, by the second party. He'd be a dead as a doorknob spiritually, and he would just die. That so, but that's the question. Why did he make two parties? I finally, this question has been bothering me for ten years, but I was never able to articulate it. You know, the words that Esther asked at the first party are very dramatic, and they have a special tune. Vatan Esther vatoimar. And by the way, that's the halfway point of the Megillah and Psukim. That's the midpoint of the Megillah. Could somebody tell me why in the world those words are so dramatic? You know, because you would expect she's about to ask for some unbelievable thing. And you know what the question is? Uh, can you come tomorrow to a party? I mean, that is the most, like, melodramatic, that is the most anticlimactic. She says, Achishverus, please come to the party later. They show up in the party, and with bated breath, they said, Then you pause. Sheelasi, and then you said, "What's she gonna ask for?" Oh, imalsasi chayin, do me a favor. Yavai hamelech v'haman el hamishteh asher aselohem uachers. Huh? I mean, why in the world do those words have this dramatic trump? 
And she used this very dramatic word, Sheilasi, Uvakasha, see? And what's the big Sheila Bakasha? Come to the second party. That's according to the, our approach from Rabbi Yitzchak Baraditchev, you could say that she is addressing the Rebbeinu Shalom, and she's saying, "Okay, I got home into the first party. I injected him with kedusha. My request is bring him back tomorrow, and tomorrow he's going to be dead meat because I already put the kedusha near him, and that's going to snuff out of him." But it's definitely otherwise. Uh, if you just read the Psukim Kipshutai, it's a little bit odd. You have this dramatic request and she doesn't she never ends up asking anything major. Okay. The next question I never thought of until this year. I think it's a bomb. Vayisapa come on. Now, who's Haman married to? Haman, of course, is married to Zeresh. And Zeresh is now introduced. Actually, so so Zeresh is introduced as Zeresh Ishtai, and then. Well, I forgot Zeresh was married to him. I need to say again. She said to him, I don't know who she is. I would have thought it's a different Zeresh. And then, later on, again, we have Zeresh in Perak Vav, Pasuk Yud Gimel. What? He also had, Zeresh was also his cleaning lady. So you would have thought he's telling now the cleaning lady Zeresh. So you have to say, Zeresh Ishtai. Then, um, Again, why every single time does it say Zeresh, does it have to say Ishtai? Is that the normal way to speak? Well, there's another Zeresh that I don't know about over here? You're not really bothered by that question. I, I think it's a good question. No, it does. No, when they say back to him, that the Gemara asks. The Gemara asks, why at first are they Oyavim? They were Oyavim until they found out that he was going down. And uh, people are only your friends when you have when you when you have money. When you don't have money, they're they're Chachamim. In other words, when your person has money, then you have friends. When you don't have money, then everyone else is a bigger Chacham than you, and they give you advice. But listen to this. And this is the last question. What do they say? I always wondered. If? What do you mean if? The Megillah said 500 times already 
that Haman couldn't take the fact that ha, that Mordechai HaYehudi didn't bow down to him. So what are they telling him? If Mizar HaYehudim, the one thing we know in this story is that Mordechai is Mizar HaYehudim. Why is the Megillah saying if he's Mizar HaYehudim? Okay, Rabbi Sai. so here are the 11 questions. Number one, what kind of friendship is that? Number two, why is it important that they legislated and that the Megillah mentions they legislated that the husband um, dominates the language, she takes on the language of the husband. Number three, he gathered the basula, Esther wasn't a basula. Number four, why does it repeat again when it was Esther's turn that Mordechai married her? Number five, why did Mordechai tell Esther they wanted to kill Ahasuerus, let him die? Number six, Esther didn't know what it said in the document. Number seven, why so many times two yuds? Number eight, why they make two parties? Number nine, what's the drama of She'elasi uvakashasi? Number ten, why every time Zeresh is mentioned does it say Ishtai? And number eleven, extra credit, what's im mizara hayehudim? Think about that. Give me your answers, and you have the whole year to come up with some good Tyra. Until next year. There you go. If anybody wants to pre-order the copy, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Shkoyach. Shab- uh, good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. Call to everyone.